Well, it's good to be here with all of you. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. You all look great. Um, this morning, we're going to be looking at the book of John. If you want to turn there in your own Bibles, we'll be reading from John chapter 11. Uh, and the scripture will also be on the screen behind me. John 11 is the story of Lazarus. Um, and we're going to read a long section, verses 1 through 44. It's a captivating story, so I know you will stay awake for it. <laughs> um, let us dive into the Word of God together. John 11, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord... He whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she arose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to, to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. 
So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this scripture that we know it's your word. We thank you that you have things in it that you specifically want to teach each of us today. We pray that we would have open ears to hear your still small voice. That you would teach us that it would inspire us to, uh, to love you more, to worship you more deeply, uh, and to live on mission for the gospel. These things we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, um, I don't know if you got a chance to be with us uh, at Rob Fleming Park on Wednesday, but we had our Ash Wednesday service and kicked off our Lenten season. Uh, Lent is in the church calendar. It's the season, the 40 days from Ash Wednesday through Easter. Uh, and it's a time designed um, to, to see things that might be obstructing your view of God or um, distracting you from God and to fast from those things, to rid those things from your life so you can have a clearer picture, a more devoted time spent with the Lord. Uh, if you're completely unfamiliar with Lent, it's a time when you, uh, when you fast from something that may be distracting you uh, from God. So uh, some people give up social media. Some people give up desserts or, or something like that, that that they turn to often. Uh, and every time they want that thing, it allows them to reflect on Jesus um, and what he's done for you. Um, and so... Jason, on Wednesday night, kicked off our sermon series for Lent called Reveal. Uh, And it's a series where we're going to look at different um, people in the Bible and different things that prohibit us from seeing God clearly, uh, seeing God for who he really is. A tagline that Jason Jason repeated a few times on Wednesday, and I think it's going to become something that we will focus on throughout this whole series is this. He said, Jesus, what do you want to reveal to me today? And so I want you to ask him now. Just ask him, Lord, what do you want to reveal to me today? Go ahead and do that. Another scripture that I want us to be mindful of today 
uh, is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Uh, It will also be on the screen. And it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Y'all ever heard of a bait and switch? Yes. Uh, Bait and switch is when someone uh, leads you to expect that they're going to say or do something, and then at the last second, uh, they do something completely different that is shocking and sometimes funny, sometimes disturbing. Um, The other day, I was laying in bed. Uh, It was the middle of the night, and I had woken up. And if you know me well, or if you've ever watched a movie with me, you know that I am a good sleeper. (laughs) I think I spent a five-year period uh, where I slept through every single movie that I watched for five years. And um, some people call it a blessing. At times it is. I fall asleep quickly. Other times it's a curse because I want to see movies that I pay for at the theater. Um, but the other night, I woke up in the middle of the night for no reason. And, um, and I, I've done that, like, I can count on one hand how many times I've woken up in the middle of the night. But I did. And, um, and I was laying there, and I heard my wife sleeping next to me, and she began to breathe heavily. She was... <sighs> and she, she started to increase in speed and depth and almost was hyperventilating. <sighs> and, and then she led up to beginning to kind of almost scream in her sleep. <laughs> and I, I shoved her, I, I tapped her, and I woke her up. I was like, Kelsey, Kelsey, it's, it's okay. You're just dreaming. And she woke up, and she was kind of dazed, and she was like, thank you. And, and I said, honey, what were you, what were you dreaming about? You were, you were screaming in your sleep. And she said, it was our child. He was being chased by a man, and, uh, and we don't have any kids yet, um, <laughs> but I, I loved this child. I, I, uh, I began to be afraid with her. This, I was like, I hope this isn't a prophetic dream. I don't want our child to be chased by some scary man, and I said, oh no, what? Then what happened? And she said, the groceries. He just kept messing up the groceries. <laughs> That's a bait and switch. It, <laughs> it was unintentional, but she baited me to think that she was going to say something like, and then he kidnapped our child and we never saw him again. Uh, and instead, this man, whatever he was doing to chase our child, led this child to just really rile things up with the groceries and and so I got baited and switched. Uh, <laughs> there's a bait and switch in this chapter. In John 11, verses 5 and 6, Jesus pulls a bait and switch. Verse 5 says, uh, and this is right after Jesus gets the news that Lazarus is deathly sick. And it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister 
and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now when I'm reading that, I'm expecting it to say, Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, so when he heard he was ill, he rushed off to their town of Bethany and he healed him. Isn't that what you would expect? But that's not what he does. He hears that he whom he loves is sick, and so the Bible sets it up perfectly for a bait and switch. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And the very reason this part of the story is so surprising is the same reason why it's so powerful. That word so, at the beginning of verse 6, it it tells us a couple of clues. It tells us that whatever happened right before the word so is the reason for whatever's about to happen after the word so. Does that make sense? Whatever happens before the word so is the reason for whatever's about to happen after the word so. So the reason that Jesus stayed two days longer where he was is why. Does anybody see it? Yes. Yes, the power of God could be revealed. And the reason he wanted to reveal the power of God is because he loved them. The same reason you would expect him to rush off and heal Lazarus before he died is the reason why he didn't, and it's because he loved them. And he had a greater power to reveal I'm going to say something ridiculous. Sometimes it's more loving for Jesus to let you suffer. Sometimes it's more loving for Jesus to let you suffer. C.S. Lewis said this about pain. He said that pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, right? When we're we're happy, when things are hunky-dory, we... Uh, We don't hear a loud voice from God usually. But God shouts in our pains. C.S. Lewis says pain is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes it's more loving for Jesus to let you suffer. Romans 5 and James chapter 1 say the same thing. Romans 5 said that, that... We should rejoice in our suffering because suffering leads to endurance, which leads to character, which leads to hope. James 1 says, Count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds, for it's the testing of your faith. Sometimes it's more loving for Jesus to let you suffer. So what does Jesus do after two days? Well, after two days, he decides, okay, it's time for me to go to see the family now. So he tells his disciples, let's go. Uh, And they get on the road. And when he comes, he's about two miles off, it says. Uh, And he finds out that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Martha hears that Jesus is coming, and she runs to meet him midway. Uh, And Mary comes a little bit later on, and they both have the same reaction when they see Jesus. They both say, Lord, 
If you had just been here, my brother would not have died. Now, for us who know the end of the story that God does raise Lazarus from the dead, this statement sounds like weak faith, right? We know the end of the story, and so we are saying, well, you should have faith that he can raise Lazarus from the tomb. But for them to say that if you had just been here before he died, he would not have died because you could have healed him, that's a statement of great faith. In fact, Martha even says, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She had great faith, but their faith was in a box. It was in a box. Do you ever run into your faith being in a box? Mary and Martha's faith in what God was able to do was in a box, and that box was shaped by the experiences that, that they had had in their lives. It was shaped by the different healings that they had heard and seen Jesus perform, many types of illnesses, maladies, all types of people. And the box that their faith was in was also shaped by the darkness that they'd been dwelling in for the last four days. You see, their brother that they loved, and we know from the scripture that this is a close family, their brother died. And this doesn't tell us how old Lazarus is, uh, but I, I gather from the scripture that Lazarus died younger than he was supposed to. Supposed to. So Mary and Martha have been living in this space of darkness. And maybe they've been hit by wave after wave of sadness, of questions, of doubt. Maybe they thought, if Jesus loves us, I know he can heal people. I've seen it. He's healed dozens, hundreds of people. If he loves us, why didn't he heal our brother? Why did he let him die? In this darkness that can often lead to depression, it can lead to fear, it can lead to anger, played a part in shaping the box that their faith was in. Jesus, uh, when he sees Mary and he sees a great crowd of Jews who had come and they were mourning with her and they were all weeping and Mary was weeping, He begins to destroy our faith boxes. That's what Jesus does. He rips apart 
our faith boxes. Remember that passage in Ephesians that says that he's able to do abundantly more, far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think. And so Martha, she tries to quantify what Jesus can do by saying, well, I know that you could have healed Lazarus before he died. But we know from Scripture that that's a foolish thing to try to quantify because just by quantifying it, we're going against the Scripture that says that he can do far more abundantly than we could even ask or even think. Imagine. Whatever you can imagine, it's more. Not that he says he will. I don't mean if you can imagine a million dollars. Billion dollars? That's not what it's saying. Uh, it says it, he is able. He is able. Jesus rips apart the boxes that we put our faith in. So Jesus continues to do this when he sees the weeping says he is deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he says, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then we have one of the shortest verses in the Bible and one of the most powerful, in my opinion. And it says, Jesus wept. This tears apart my, one of my faith boxes, because Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew that death wasn't the end. When Jesus is involved, death is never the end. And yet he was so moved with compassion for these people that he loved that he wept. He has a great love for you and for me. <clears throat> That's one of my faith boxes. And so it says, Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, who had just said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now that he's dead, I believe that anything you ask of God, he will give to you. She says, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. Anybody read the King James Version? Okay, so the King James Version of this text says, Lord, surely by now he stinketh. <laughs> Just thought y'all needed a laugh. Um, <laughs> she says, there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. Despite her great faith, it was in a box. And Jesus prepares to rip that box apart and he says, with love in his heart, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And then he says, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. He said it to tear apart their faith boxes. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
and the man who had died came out. His hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. He is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever think, imagine, ask for. Jesus, what do you want to reveal to me today? Maybe he wants to reveal to you that you've been suffering, and even though you're in great suffering, he loves you. Just because he's allowed you to suffer doesn't mean he doesn't love you. In fact, maybe it's because he loves you. Maybe you have a faith box. Maybe you have many faith boxes. And Jesus wants to tear them apart. So I encourage you to think about what ways you put your faith in a box and what Jesus is able to do. And I ask you to ask God, what do you want to reveal to me today? To him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think. Be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. When Jesus is involved, death is never the end. Will you pray with me? O oh Lord God, we confess that sometimes we have put our faith in you in a box. And so with faith, we thank you for the good times that you have blessed us with. And we even choose to rejoice in our sufferings. We know that it is because you love us deeply, more than we could imagine. Please reveal to us, Lord, what you want today. We give you the glory forever and ever. Amen.